to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 184, Paradise Towers. My name is John, and joining me every time we reference the rule book to make sure we're doing this podcast correctly is my good friend taylor taylor hello hello john and are you sure we are on paragraph 13 subsection a cross check apple i i, I don't know i was making crap not, up as i go it it sounded good and yes in Thank the you. in the rule book um improv is part of it oh that definitely is true especially for us yes how are you sir um, I'm pretty good. Can't complain too much except for the fact that Amber and Perrin are on spring break this week and I don't get a spring break. Oh. Um, but we're all home anyway. So it all just, it's like another day except they don't have to do schoolwork. Yes. Um, although I do actually get good Friday off this week, which makes it a great Friday. I'm so glad that my boss reminded us because I would have been working on Friday otherwise. Oh, no. Well, I'm glad. Yes, I'm very glad that you got that reminder. Uh, Not only that, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, Friday, birthday of friend of the show, Anna. Yes, Anna's birthday. Anna, happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday, Anna. I I, I mean, I don't think she... I, fingers crossed she watched Paradise Towers, but I, I'm not holding my breath. But if she happens to listen to this, happy birthday. Yeah. Hey. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing well. Let's go okay. with that. I'm doing well. Um, <laughs> we recorded the first episode of the Pincroft Pod last nice. week. It's going to be released next Monday. Um, very okay. excited. Cool. Very excited. We talked about A League of Their Own. Oh, yes. Yeah, and the movie we're doing after that is Moneyball, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, the first recording went well, so I'm, I'm interested to, to get in there and edit and see how it sounds. Very nice. And there is a brand new episode of If Memory Serves floating around out there for those of you guys who want to go relive some more Nickelodeon memories. Yes, part two. Yeah. Part two. Recorded uh, in my studio. Yes, actually, thank you very much for that. That uh, that went really well. It was, I think, what were we watching that night? I can't remember, but I just popped, oh, I, yeah, we watched Venom. Ugh. It was fine. It was bad, and then it was fine. And It was bad, and then it was fine. Yes. That doesn't normally go in that direction. No, but I'm glad it did. Uh, but I remember you were like, hey, can you still record it? I was like, oh. Yeah, and I just popped in here, hit record, and left. And pretty it, much, and it seemed to work pretty well. So yeah. I'm glad I could help out. Yeah, it worked out. I appreciate that very much. Trying to think of what else. WrestleMania was this weekend. Very weird watching WrestleMania with no audience. Yeah, very strange. Did they, did they use like canned applause or anything? No, nothing. Okay. Yeah, they did do wow. two matches that they. I mean, everything was pre-recorded, but they did two matches that had more production value to them and they were both fantastic i was actually really surprised at how well they went okay yeah and it was um yeah it was good you know long weekend but yeah you know but we we got work to we got work to do here we do we do what's making you happy this week what is making me happy this week uh you know uh man that is a great question 
the week has just started. Um, man, what is making me happy this week? Okay, what, what, made, what made you happy this past week? How about that? This past week, we already did the recording, so I already said that last week. You know, WrestleMania made me pretty happy. It was well, just, good. it was nice just to to watch it and to like talk to other fans about it. And then, you know, there's always a lot more casual fans that watch WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was fun. I had a good time with it. Um, I got to do two live streams with um, that hashtag show, and we talked about it. And it was a good time. Right on. What about you, sir? Um, honestly, my I haven't talked about it much on Podcastica, but my uh, dad went in for some post-cancer surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, not, let's see, last Thursday, but the Thursday before. Um, and it was, it was a really long surgery. Um, and it ended up being like eight or nine days worth of recovery when they were originally expecting like three or four. Oh no. But I am happy to say that, uh, he is home. He is doing, he's doing all right. Um, and you know, my mom's like, well, yeah, now we're pretty much going to hunker down for the next two weeks to make sure that we didn't come home with anything extra. Yes. Uh, so there's there's that too, but there the, the big thing is that dad is home. Yeah. That's that's what matters. That's great. Are they yeah. they're close-ish to you, right? They're San, San Jose. Jose, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are in San Jose. That's great. Well, I'm I'm glad he is home and, and on the road to recovery. Indeed. Yeah. And it's you. even better because, you know, you just, you're not missing out on anything because nothing's happening. Yeah. It's not like I can go <laughs> over and, and, and see them. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's a bummer Skype or something. That's a bummer. But I'm saying like, just, just in life in general, nobody's really, nothing's yeah. going on. You know, no. And no, nothing really exciting is going on. Um, kids are still doing great at riding their bikes and I got no complaints. There you go. Yeah. All right. And you know what? How about this? Mm. If if somebody mm. has something that's making them happy this week, just uh, at the Podcastica, let us know. Yeah, that'd be nice. What's making you happy this week, world? Yeah, let us let us know. So let's get to the Who News here. Indeed, indeed. Didn't have much. And then this morning I started kind of digging back through my uh, uh, different feeds of everything. I'm like, oh, there's this. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's this. And the first thing i've already gone and downloaded it big finish is releasing a free story every week during the pandemic um now i I don't i think what they're doing is they're taking a story and making it free i don't know that it's a brand new release right um but yeah i saw it somebody had retweeted it already this morning and i'm like well i guess i'm gonna go get that now aren't i i'm on my way right now excellent Browse the Excellent. offers. They got so, me last week. I don't think we actually got to. Did we get to mention the Frobisher? Oh, I don't think we did mention the Frobisher. I think it happened after we recorded. But yes, they dropped a free Frobisher uh, story and then had a like a deeply discounted <clears throat> story to go along as like six bucks fifty or something. Yeah, something like uh, that. And we both, without even talking oh, to yeah. each other, were like, "I'm totally picking that up." Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was. There was no uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But also, yeah. I mean, it's the free story and then 50% off mm-hmm. all of the other War Doctor stuff, which is holy moly. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
They're getting yeah. they're getting me. These <laughs> item unlocked. Yep. We're good to go here. Definitely. That's Excellent. great. That's fun. Love it. Uh, big finish. So doing good stuff. yeah. Big finish doing great stuff. Um, so let's see. The last lockdown who episode they did was the eleventh hour. Yes. I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, wait, wait, which one was it? Um, and so, you know, the, not just the BBC, but Moffat or RTD or whoever, they keep dropping just neat little things to kind of go along with these these rewatches. Um, and so, and of course, we'll have a link in the story notes if you haven't seen this already. Um, but Caitlin Blackwood, who played young Amelia Pond. Yes. Um, has read a short story about the 11th Doctor that Moffat wrote. Um, and again, I haven't had a chance to read it because I had to, or, or listen to it because I, I had to work today. Um, but it is there. Obviously, we're, we're getting these these great just little bits of Doctor Who-ness. I said it last week and I'll say it again. I thought fandom was really, really broken, but... Uh, Doctor Who fandom and I'm sure lots of other ones have really come together to make this period in our history a lot better than it could be. Yes, absolutely. 100%. So many rewatches going on. So many people just creating content just to keep people entertained and to keep themselves doing stuff. It's just, it's fantastic. It really is. It, it's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> where we didn't really think... Uh, we didn't, you know, kind of down at the end of the season. Yeah. Every, everybody fighting. Yeah. <laughs> but and, here, and, here and, we are. You know? Yeah. It's been fantastic. Um, so so not only do we have Moffat writing a story about the 11th Doctor, but Pete McTighe, um, who did um, Praxius and, and oh, what was that? The uh -oh. one with the Solitract plane. Oh, um, um, it, it, it takes, takes you, you away. away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like it calls you. No, I'm like no, 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 no. It, 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 it's something, somethings. Yes, um, has written a thirteenth Doctor story again. Haven't had a chance to read this, but I, I, I understand Susan's in it. Yes, so I can confirm. I think that, that's man. really cool, and I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to read that. Very funny. Yeah, I've I've kind of just scanned it a little bit, and I saw Susan's name, and nice. That's fun. That's just a fun yes. little thing. Love it. <sighs> And lastly, this uh, news, sad news breaking just today, um, but actress Honor Blackman uh, has passed away of natural causes at the age of 94. Um, Honor Blackman will be recognizable either as being in the terror of the vervoids. Yes. Um, or if you're not familiar with the uh, Six Doctor uh, episode of the same name, uh, then it would be as playing Pussy Galore in Goldfinger. Yes. Or uh, in the Avengers. Oh, yes. Or in the Avengers, of course. Yes. Uh, um, but a, an amazing career, um, an amazing yeah. woman, and uh, Godspeed to you. Yes, absolutely. Terror the Fervoids. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Remember doing a trial at the time, Mark? Yeah. Good Man. stuff. Can you imagine if we had waited until now and been like, all right. Oh man! Everybody's everybody's home and quarantined. We're gonna do trial of a time lord. That would have been interesting, but we've we already have. done it. So we have, we have. Oh, oh, oh! And I should mention, coming up this Saturday, we actually get a chance to mention it because it didn't happen like today. Um, Lockdown. Who is doing the Doctor's Wife? Um, I understand Neil Gaiman is going to be tweeting 
Um, I'm sure some others will join in. That's going to be at 8 p.m. British summertime. Ooh, which is um, uh, one I, or 12? It, I think it's 12. I think it's, I think 12, it's 12 Pacific. Yes. There you so go. So that'll be three in the afternoon on Saturday, uh, Eastern time for our East Coast listeners. Yeah, great. All right. And for everyone else, go look at the world clock on your phone. Yes. You'll figure it out. You'll, you're smart. You'll figure it out. We know you're, our... You're smart people. Yeah, we know our listeners are smart. So <laughs> this week we watched Paradise Towers starring Sylvester McCoy as the doctor, Bonnie Langford as Mel, Richard Breyers as the chief caretaker. I'm very excited to talk about his performance. Right. Howard Koch as Pex. I'm also very excited to talk about Pex. <laughs> Elizabeth Spriggs as Tabby and Brenda Bruce as Tilda. It was written by Stephen Wyatt and directed by Nicholas Mallet. It first aired October 5th through or two to to the 26th. Could you imagine through? Oh, my God. (laughs) Here's here's 19 days worth of Paradise Towers. Good Lord. Uh October 5th to the 26th, 1987, and it is the second story of season 24. And we have a decent amount of story notes brought to us yeah. by the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. Definitely, definitely. The the TARDIS swimming pool, unfortunately, in this in this story was leaking. Had to be jettisoned. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, I know that the TARDIS swimming pool became a bit of a fixture in Modern Who. Um, and I was like, I felt like, was this maybe the first instance of the TARDIS swimming pool? No, the TARDIS swimming pool was first introduced in the fourth factor story, The Invasion of Time. Love it. For for those who are keeping track at home. Yes. Um, I, I threw in this note just because we like talking about alternate titles and working titles, but this one is, well, may or may not be. Uh, the story may have had a working title of Paradise Tower, singular, mm. uh, but this may simply be a misprint on the commissioning documents for the story. Eh. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> a singular like a tower, a singular tower, which is kind of how it looks in you know the promotional video yeah. episode. But maybe there's another one across the street. I don't know. Maybe. <clears throat> um, so Ronald Lacey, T.P. McKenna, who whose name hopefully should ring a bell because he was in the greatest show in the galaxy. Yes. Um, uh, Dennis Quilly and Ian Richardson were all considered for the role of the chief caretaker. Um, now here's here's the fun part. Uh, Philip Jackson and drumroll, please. Roger Daltrey of the Who what? Were considered for deputy chief caretaker. What? This is so crazy to me. I love that Doctor Who every once in a while has that. <laughs> like we should get so and so to do this, and then. Right. Like, we should get David Bowie, like, the one time, but it didn't work out for some reason because I think mm-hmm. he was on tour. Yeah. This is in the vein of that, where this is just absolutely bonkers and would have been interesting to see them actually do it. And not even chief caretaker, deputy caretaker. Yeah, which is, even you know? fun. well, I mean, you know, we don't know his acting <laughs> job, so. This is true. And and don't get me wrong, the, the deputy chief caretaker does actually play a pretty decent role. Oh, yeah. In the story. So, I mean, it would have been great anyway, but wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so there's some confusion as to where Paradise Towers takes place, because in successive drafts of the script, the planet on which Paradise Towers was located was referred to as Croagnon oh. and then as Griffos. 
the world eventually was left unnamed on screen, but there does exist a possibility that it could be Earth. Oh. Yeah. Um, and most of that is taken from um, advertising for the episode in the Radio Times. So oh. who knows? Interesting. Who knows? Paradise Tower Earth. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but again, that may not. That might be the Radio Times mocking up that. Yeah. The the advertisement rather than the BBC being like, okay, here, use this art. So questionable. Hmm. Interesting. Questionable. Speaking of um, questions. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice segue, dude. Air high five. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> While the doctor does carry an umbrella as part of his attire in this story, the first appearance of his trademark question mark umbrella is in the next story, Delta and the Bannerman. Hell yeah. Which, which is a fantastic story. <laughs> yes. Definitely a-, a favorite. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Before we dive into this, Taylor, you have a world famous synopsis for us. So take it away. I do indeed. The Doctor and Mal arrive at Paradise Towers, ready for some swimming, some exploring, probably some cocktails, uh, you know, sitting in a chair for three hours, getting a drink, sitting in another chair for three hours, getting a drink. <laughs> but not all is well in the towers. Girl gangs, cannibal grannies, crazy robots reminiscent of the war machines, and a slightly Hitler-esque chief caretaker are just the start of this insane adventure. Well, grab a fizzy pop. Make sure your packs our oil hey. spray up your hair in red or blue and let's figure out what this neon monster is in the basement oh my goodness taylor i messaged you <laughs> earlier today and i said i'm so excited that we we watched this i think i also said i at while i enjoyed the story i think i enjoyed some directorial decisions and mm-hmm. and the music yeah, I think I enjoyed those two things more than the story itself, but I still think pretty solid story. Definitely. I mean, you said last week that you needed some Seventh Doctor in your life right now. I did say and, that. And, and now that you've got some in there, how are you feeling? I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> That's, excellent. That's excellent. I have not, I mean, I have not watched Paradise Towers in a pretty long time, and I had forgotten how kind of fun and memorable and dark like I yeah man how dark this story really gets yeah i mean i mean right out the gate with the uh with the the cleaner robot putting that that guy in the in like his dumpster back and it's just like his the, legs are all like broken and hanging yeah. out of it yeah like the last of the yellow gang <laughs> yeah so i was like whoa yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't really pull a lot of punches um with some of this stuff and it's like wow okay this is this is a little violent yeah there's a lot of implied um unpleasantness as it were oh yeah absolutely and there there's a lot of yeah there's a lot man there's so much stuff going on here with with the with the oh my goodness the 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 resis the resis, the yeah. The re- oh boy, the resis. But let's start with Mel. Uh, I love that this entire debacle, we go to this planet because Mel just wants to go sw- swimming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and So much so that she apparently has her swimsuit on underneath that crazy polka dot outfit. She's ready to go swimming. And she yeah. is just apparently very upset that the doctor has jettisoned the swimming pool out of the TARDIS. It was leaking. Yes. <laughs> now, I, granted, 
he could have used some intergalactic flex seal, but you know, I believe he could have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that Mel knows what's up like right away. She's oh, like, yeah. if we get separated, we're going to meet at this pool. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And then I love the doctors like, Oh, we just got here. Nothing's bad. Bad's going to happen. Arrow. Uh, yeah. Which, well, not only that, but look around. Everything is clearly bad. Yes. I mean, it looks terrible. It looks really, really not great. Not, it doesn't look like the, uh, the advertisement would lead you to believe. No. And, and if, and if you, I like to, I always like to look at stuff in its historical context. Um, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of people in England at this time were, were living in big block tower apartments, kind of like how Rose. Ah, yes. You know, the council estate kind of stuff. Um, and I think Yaz yeah. kind of lives, lives in something like that yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah, she totally does. Um, and, you know, the eighties were a rough time uh, for much of England, much of the UK. Mm. Um, and so this kind of takes that and just pushes it to an extreme. Oh yeah, absolutely. I honestly, I was looking at this and going, I'm like, yep, these folks are all in quarantine. This is, this is our <laughs> lives now. There's going to be Kang's roaming the streets next. Year. I mean, fine with Kang's roaming the street, not fine with the resis, but let's talk about these, these Kang's. There are three groups of Kang's. Yep. There are the Red Kangs, the Blue Kangs, and the Yellow Kangs RIP. They are all they have all been taken out. Don't Definitely. Don't really know much about them. We also don't really spend a lot of time with the Blue Kangs. I mean, we no. kind of do, but not as much as bit. not as much as the Red Kang. Is one of them called Fire Escape? Yes. Which they, is they all, they all have poorly poorly concocted nicknames. Yes. I just fire escape and bin liner. Yeah, I just want to know um where who how did they get these names? I I'm I'm just going to in my own head canon, you know, bin liner is just one of those people who will like snack on anything and so you're they're just like, "Oh, you're putting all this trash in you. You're like a bin liner." <laughs> what about That's, fire escape? Um tried to find a secret way up to the top of the building by using there you go the fire escape like it i like it so the funniest thing like as soon as we're talking about red kangs and blue kangs and yellow kangs i was getting a real big dr susie kind of star belly sneeches vibe oh my gosh (laughs) i don't know why but I was like, oh, man, this, this sounds kind of like that. And then we need to talk about this this peace greeting that is overly aggressive. Oh, yeah. This this is crazy. I, I mean, it is, it's interesting. Um, and I love that the doctor also tries to do it, and he just like the awkward clapping that he does at one point. But the Kangs don't really seem to ma- uh, care about it. But we spend most of our time with the Red Kangs. We do. And they have um, interesting ways of saying things. I, you know, the more I thought about it, um, I'm actually, like, the Kang speak, as I'm calling it, is is a little annoying at times. Yes. But it's it's done smartly. I feel like you can see that Stephen Wyatt put some thought into, like, how would we come up with a unique slang for these people at this point in history when like clearly they've they've kind of been 
isolated. Yeah. In this tower. Um, so yeah, there's a there's there comes a point where at least for myself, I feel like I'm trying to catch up. I'm like, okay, wait, what are they talking? Oh, okay, that's yeah. I actually had to go back, I think, one or two times just to make sure I understood what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. And and you know, putting aside the fact that they the Kang looks like a like a generic punk Halloween costume. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's like here, we're we're gonna get you all in one color and we're gonna tear some clothes and here's some bangles and here's a bell. Yes. It's very it's very much a uniform, but yeah. they're all trying to look like they're all trying to look their own kind of I mean, they're they're basically they all look the same, but um, they have the uh, different just color scheme. Exactly, and it was funny for me when I first saw this story. It was it was the late eighties. Um, I'm in junior high school, and it's and it's desegregation, so I'm being bused to a school that's not my neighborhood. So I'm in downtown San Jose. Oh wow! Where where you've got Bloods and Crips, you know, you've got red and blue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, effectively at war with each other. And so seeing this story, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally like they must be looking at like, you know, California gang culture. Maybe. And coming up was, I don't know, honestly. Could be. I mean, never know. Yeah. But that was just one of those things that I remember from seeing this for the very first time. Yeah. That way, way back when, way back. Thanks. <laughs> I'm old. Oh, I man, I like I kind of wish I had been more. I mean, because I could have been of the I was of the age where I could have watched this on on PBS. Sure, man. I'm I'm sad I missed out on that. But okay. I will say I did watch enough. I did watch enough PBS to probably at some point catch a glimpse because there was like, go. do you remember Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider. I do not. It was. Um, I think they brought it back recently. Uh, it was about a ghost that could only communicate through, um, like, the written word. Oh, 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 oh. I'm picturing, you know, Nicholas Cage's yes, yes. skull on a motorbike. Wrong no, 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 no. writer. Yes. Okay, Sorry, I should have. No, 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 no. That's okay. That's okay. Yes. I mean, I watched enough of it that I could have been like maybe seen Doctor Who once or twice. And I've seen Pledge Breaks before. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the caretakers who are our villains mm-hmm. or, or just people that are following some orders from a rule book, uh, they... Not, not a very thick rule book. No, they, that, you know, that... I was surprised by that. Yes, I was also, it was like a pamphlet. Uh, yes, it was like a thick pamphlet. It reminds me of of something that I would have gotten. Um, it was like a Boy Scout manual is thicker than that. <laughs> it is. That's for sure. I'm yes. trying to think of what I could compare this to, but it looked like it was probably, let's just say, 20 pages. <laughs> it seemed it. Which, you know what? I guess good for them that there's not so many rules. But or it's did- really small. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. But it's there seemed to be a lot of rules. Um, poor character. This and I love and this is every caretaker's name, which is just like ridiculous. Caretaker three four five slash twelve subsection three. Mm-hmm. They didn't have names. They just that was their 
how they were um and I know you know I don't know if you noticed this detail on the uniforms not to get in the costumes right now but each one had a different number on it. Well that's that's good. Yeah, I mean I mean you know they could have they could have laxed in that way on the uh but no they they did it right. Yeah. Good. I thought that was very cool. Um but the the caretakers find the doctor and the red kangs and Mel uh as you know as suspected, the doctor is captured. Yep. Mel is Mel, I believe, is separated from the Red Kangs. Yes. And because they're they're kind of shunning her because she's basically wearing blue. Yes. So they're like, oh man, you must be one of them. The blue the blue kangs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so, even though she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um yeah, they do not like Mel. They love the doctor though. Right. They're like, you're the best. Yeah. He just starts kind of like adopting their ways and, you know, doing their things and speaking their lingo and and gives them soda. Um, Oh, yes. He does give them soda, which is amazing. And and I love I love their like, I don't know. It's not I guess it's sort of a salute. The whole build high for happiness. Yes. And then they also what is their slang for something cool? Ice hot. Ice hot. This is and I love that. When at the end, when they're all getting together, one of them's like, "This is not ice hot, but I guess it's okay." And I was like, "This is amazing." And I mean, I mean, we're talking about different salutes. The um, yes. the caretaker salute is equally as hilarious. Oh my god, the caretaker salute is just bonkers. It's like I'm gonna salute you with my mustache. Yes, it's it's insane, but it's it, it's I don't even know where it comes from because you you look at Richard Byers as the chief caretaker before something happens to him because yes. it actually changes his mustache i noticed but he literally has this very hitleresque mustache it is only oh, about as wide as his nose yes i mean everything everything about him is is hitleresque well, yes the outfits are all very fascist too yes i totally agree with that but this whole salute where they are literally saluting right under their nose. And All I'm hail like, the great architect. What is going on? Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. But before we we do get to the the funny salute, we got to talk about these resis. Oh, okay. Yes. So because because Mel has gotten separated yes. from the doctor, from the Kangs, and a couple of kindly old ladies take her in. To look after her and give her some tea and biscuits. A lot of biscuits. A whole lot of biscuits. Uh, many, many biscuits. And I mean, my first impression was they're going to eat her, right? That. And have you ever seen this story before? No, I have not. I mean, I saw okay. the bones on the table and I kind of gave it away. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. I had obviously, um, I had seen this before and I knew that there was this aspect, but, but being able to see it kind of again with fresh eyes. And I was like, Oh yes. Right. Our cannibal grannies. Oh, they played it so well. They were oh, great. It was fantastic. I was really, great. all of it is, you know, just these different characters are also kind of a send up of like these, these, I don't know, British archetypes you see in British shows. Right. You know? So, so we've, we've got like this multi-layered parody going on. Um, while at the same time really being kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it, the more I think about it, the inside of their their little room yeah. is, because it, it only looks like it's one room. 
I, I'm sure we don't see all of it, but yes, we do just see a small portion of their flat. And it is it is in pristine condition. It's very mm-hmm. neat. Everything is, and it is like nothing, like the outside of, like quite literally right outside, which is crazy. Yeah. But again, that also kind of serves to unsettle the viewer. It's like if everything is so perfect in here, what is wrong? Yes. I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, And they both, you know, they're both trying to get, man, so much happens in this first scene. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited to talk about the introduction of our next character. So these these two old ladies are basically, you can tell they're trying to feed, which it's like, uh, I think you would want to feed her a little bit more before you murder her and eat her. Well, yeah, a little bit longer. If a little anything, bit longer. I mean, they were, while, yeah, they were trying to get her to stay. She's like, I got to go find my friend. And who bust lit quite literally busts through the door. Yes. With a gun drawn. <laughs> says, says to Mel, are these old ladies annoying you? She says, no. And then he says, are you annoying these old ladies? Yes. Uh, is the introduction of Pex, P-E-X, uh, and he has apparently broken this door down three times. We have a couple of, should I just hit the button? You, you can, sure. I'm doing it. Do it. I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's time. It's time. All right, we'll do it for the the two door breaks right now because there's okay. there are two of them. Let's just say doors were absolutely harmed in the making of this story. Yes, and th- I did love that they mentioned. So he has now broken down their door a total of five times. Yes, which is even funnier because not a lot of time passes between these, so they have a storage of doors somewhere. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering where they get it from, but it, it's really funny because like after Pex busts down the door, the, the first time that we see it, um, and um, Mel and the Rezies are talking, Pex is in the background, he's taking chunks of doors, and he's tr- chunks of door, and he's trying to see where it fits. Yes. Like he's trying to put it back together. And love I just, it. I love that little piece. Love that little piece. Oh, Pex. He, uh, I, my only note for him is holy crap. <laughs> That's my only note. That is your only note. Oh my gosh. As I, of right, as of right now, I have many more <sighs> notes, but we're, we're doing the Duggan scale. Uh, I think this will be one of two. I have, a, I, yes, I think that's safe at, to say at least one of two. Yes. Um, I'm going to go this door busting, um, combined with the other one, which we, <laughs> which we will get to. I mean, we might yeah. as well just. We'll talk about, let's just talk about the other one right now, because uh, this one is equally as great. Basically, Mel finds her way back to the Rezies, and they are going to eat her straight yeah, up. Like like this is end of, end of episode two cliffhanger, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, a, a, a robot hand comes through a garbage disposal. Oh, no, no, that's, that's, that's more in episode three. That's in three. Uh, well, yeah, because it's the episode two cliffhanger. Do we want to talk about how how our resis are off? Well, because because after one well, res, it leads up to yeah, it leads up to him. Oh 
you're right. You're right. Okay. Breaking down not, the door again. Let's not forget the fact that they have uh, managed to restrain Mel oh. with a very, <laughs> very widely knit shawl. Yes. Which <laughs> they have. Oh, they have restrained her good. She's yes. been restrained. And There's been a lot of Mel screaming in the story. Y- yes. The Mel was definitely screaming a lot. Uh, Pex breaks through the door and just poses, which is absolutely hilarious. And yep. Pex actually doesn't do anything to save Mel, even though she's like, yeah, you totally saved me. Uh, but I mean, the killer robots did everything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think the combination of these two, I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, what an introduction for a character to just Kool-Aid man through a door and then, <laughs> and then quite literally later, just do it again. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I, let's be honest. The, the door in both instances just didn't stand a chance. Oh no, absolutely didn't, not. Did not stand a chance. Uh, you pecs should have just been, you know, busting through there shouting. Oh yeah. Oh, it would have been great. Um, if his voice could go that deep. uh i honestly like that is such an entrance i'm gonna go a little higher i'm gonna give it an eight and a half that's fine um just because it is it is really so unexpected yeah it i think i might have actually jumped (laughs) the first time i was like oh what's happening (laughs) and then this man busts through and just says he like his first two lines are very funny like, are you annoying these old ladies? Like, yeah. What? You busted through here just to say that. So yeah. we we find out that Pex is he was put on the world of Paradise Towers to to do to do right by it. Well, that's at least what he says. That's what he says. I mean, um, he he kind of is all all bark no bite, I guess. I mean, he can bend to set pieces. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Hey Mel, watch this, and he just like bends this. He rips this light post off of the wall, bends it, and I love like once again Mel doing great work in this is just like, hey man, yeah, that's great. Can we just like go? Yeah. <laughs> hey, watch me bend this light post. Mel is just so unimpressed by uh, feats of strength. Oh yeah, she does not. She does that, not. That care. is not her thing does not care at all and we're off with mel and mel and uh pex are basically yes. uh they're they're palling around for a good portion of this um we see the blue kang paying tribute to the yellow kang which i guess that means yeah. there was some sort of maybe alliance there or alliance or they just they recognize that they're being killed off yeah it's kind of unclear isn't it yeah, I, I I didn't see it like like I didn't see anything about an alliance, but it's like you know there is there is a code of honor mm-hmm. um, amongst the Kangs on some level where you know when one dies, you know I, I I think at this point in the history of Paradise Towers, they it's pretty clear there's not a lot of these folks left. Yeah, um, and so they they pay tribute to that. You know, like on on the field of battle, it may be your enemy, but, you know, you still pay pay honor to that. Absolutely. The the doctor is brought to (laughs) he's brought to the base 
uh, he by the caretakers. He oh, yes. he is talking to, and this is where we get the salute we were talking about. Oh, my God, he is brought to the chief caretaker, and um, it is it is suggested once like, this is back to back stories for us where, um, oh wait, no, it isn't. No, it's not. Wait, what did we do last time? Why can't I remember last week, Taylor? Last week was um, the Space Museum. Okay, never mind. I, I For some reason, I thought uh, we were... Um, well, I, well, we reviewed two stories very close to one another where the doctor is kind of mistaken to be someone that he's not, even though in the... Oh, yeah. he the, the, the chief caretaker says oh you're this is the great architect he you know did all this thanks man and then they salute him and they go what do we do with him and he's like kill him it's like wait what but it turns out that i mean the chief caretaker is the great architect kind of uh, no well eventually eventually yeah this yeah we'll get there we'll get feed me hungry God, yes. And I'm sitting here going, I'm like, is this thing in the basement the wire? <laughs> um, but, oh, my God, the, the the chief caretaker, when he goes down and talks to these giant glowing neon eyes. Yeah. I love that effect so much. And he's he's simpering and he's talking to it and he's referring to himself as daddy. And I'm just like, yeah, man. I, I, I'm I am not gonna get down on anyone else's kink, but um yeah, I'm not feeling this. I'm like, this is just weird, man. Yeah, man. What I just have what in the world is this? Yeah. Um Yeah, and he he basically says, Who brought you down that other guy? You weren't supposed to eat him. Hungry. Just the way he talks to this thing is it's, is it's off putting. Oh so <laughs> So off-putting, yes. It's very off-putting. Um, but before we get to that scene, we have the whole rule book. Got to check the rule book to see if there's a rule about giving the doctor the rule book. Oh, yes. I, this is this is classic Seventh Doctor stuff. Just this, this mind games meets, okay, well, if we're going to play by the rules, is there anything in the rules that say I can't look at the rule book? Yeah. And then instantly the doctor's in control. And it's like, okay. Yes, he <laughs> he uses that book against them. And I actually have, I said, uh, man, episode two had some, I mean, throughout this entire, so much so that I actually, this is the first time I went to go look up a soundtrack for a Doctor Who serial. Oh, yeah, I saw you mention that. That's how much I loved, um, loved the music in this. And mm-hmm. in... In episode two, we get the whole scene where the doctor. There's a couple of stuff. There's a couple of things that I have. I have notes about um, the scene where the doctor's talking to the two caretakers about how things aren't making any sense, mm-hmm. and the music in that is great. And then right before that, when we get the two um, cleaner robots entrance, like the pop synth kind of stuff. Yeah, it's almost got a video game tempo to it. It really did, and it was super yeah. cool. I loved it. And then the when he asks them, like, aren't you guys getting tired of, of doing all this? It cuts. The music cuts real quick, mm-hmm. and I love that. I think, you know, that, that was very well done. And then it cuts back in as soon as the doctor uses the rule book against them, and I love that. Interesting. Good observation. It was so good, and, I mean, I also just have – 
just these are all cap all caps notes. Episode two's music is just killing it. And I said, is this like a theme remix with the doctor running down all the corridors? And right. it was, and it was great. Yeah. And I loved I it. Don't, I don't remember that from when I watched this last and I was like, oh my God, wait a second. That's, that's the theme. Yeah. And it sounded so great. I mean, it really did. If you watch this serial for any reason, I mean, besides, you know, just watching it cause it's good. The music is so good. I'll talk about some directing stuff in a little bit here, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've got some of the same observations on that. Yeah, man. Oh, it was just so great. Absolutely loved it. Love, love, love it. And so the doctor, you know, he basically says, oh, it says when you've been guarding, because these people don't know. No. And he, since, you know, he uses their, their obedience against them, and he basically gets them to, what is it, walk 10 paces? Yes. And then put their hands up and keep their eyes closed and mm-hmm. he just steals one of their their wallets yeah <laughs> he just starts yeah. going through key cards card, yeah yeah he's like oh, how, long, how long were you supposed to do it and he's like uh a minute and a half <laughs> oh why because it gives me just enough time to escape the rules should always make sense that's also yeah. very funny yeah uh, I also love there is another Resi that we haven't mentioned named Maddie that the other oh, yes. the other Resis are just like, go home, Roger. That's basically how they treat her. <laughs> uh, and let's be honest. I mean, Tilda and Tabby were kind of like, it's like oh, she's annoying us, but you know what? We might just have to eat her. Yes. Yes. That's very true. Also, I love the, the, uh, the pilot episode of Robot Wars we saw in the middle of this. <laughs> that old what was that the show on uh on tnn with where they build the robots with like the buzz saw on the front yeah. of it yeah no no no. it's 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 still around oh wow great it's still, it's it's uh it's called BattleBots now yeah and i think it's Perrin was watching it for a while and was really getting into it i want to say it's on the science channel makes sense yeah makes sense to it's me fun. it's fun Another funny thing, I love, I just have a note that says, oh, no, the doctor's going to get the Red Kang addicted to caffeine. <laughs> right? Because he picked, oh, that's, oh, my God. That was also really funny when the doctor, he's just trying to get away, and he finds a payphone and he tries to use it, and it just breaks, and he just puts a bunch of, like, coins in his hat. Oh, yeah, because it starts spitting out coins. Yeah. The jackpot and then the uh one of the cleaner robots comes and he goes and just puts the entire like he puts the hat on his head and just runs away full yep. of coins all full of coins and I, I have to say the one coin that we do see this this croagnon coin i actually really like the detail on it yeah they did a really good job with that mm-hmm. i would not mind seeing uh isn't there a guy who makes commemorative coins for uh, yeah yeah for for galley yeah that'd be cool yeah because uh, we are actually next year will be the seventh Doctor coin because I got the Colin Baker coin this year. Oh, there you go. Yep, yep. Uh, we've already spoken about. Oh, so so another thing about Pex is apparently, uh, like I said, he's all bark and no bite. He is apparently a huge fraud. Yep. Which um, I mean, kind of gets annoying, and by I mean not on his end, but the the. The blue and the red Kang are just constantly berating him. Oh, and and not only that, but also berating each other. Like, apparently the Kang's greatest power is chanting at people like second graders. Yes. 
That, that is, is that trying to remember what they call pancakes. A cowardly cutlet. Yes. A cowardly cutlet. Not not even a complete chicken. You are just a part of a chicken and you're still scared. My goodness. Yeah. Um we gotta talk about this Paradise Towers promotional video. Oh man, how just delightfully eighties is this thing. It's it's the best, and it's even funnier because <laughs> clearly nothing looks anything like it does in the video. No. No, I mean, I'm like, sure it did at one point, but it's it's like they took a bunch of like commercials for different shopping malls and snipped out pieces they wanted. So Mel and Pex are I believe they're trying to go to the pool. Right. Which is up at the top. There's like three, three hundred something floors, three hundred and four floors or something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. And I believe this is when Pex Fonzie's the elevator the first time he does it a couple of times. Yes, because they get in and they hit the up button and the elevator instantly starts going down. Yes, and then he kicks it and it starts going up Mm -hmm. and then it stops and they free fall, I feel, like 170 floors. But let's let's not forget the fact that I'm I'm just, again, headcanon, I'm just going to pretend that the mind of Croagnon, who is kind of like running the building and the cleaners and stuff was listening to mel in the elevator ah. and whenever she said oh it'd be really terrible if the elevator stopped and then it stopped or the lights went out and the lights go out i'm like okay croagnon's like, like ha, ha, ha. yeah basically <laughs> i'll show you girl. amazing yeah. um so, I mean, the doctors, he's basically in between uh, the red and the blue. He's like, we got to work together, guys. Come on. We got the teamwork to make the dream work. <laughs> Let's go Mets. Uh, anyway, Mel found the pool eventually, and they're just, she's just like, well, time to take a break. That's my favorite part is like. I just, yeah. The, I'm like, the doctor is clearly in danger. Or, you know, building you know, is trying to kill them. Yeah. And she's like, well, I've got what I wanted. <laughs> and she's just swimming around. Uh, I love I love. So the, the key, the chief caretaker, he goes down to talk to Croagnon and he's like, I'm going to have that. And Croagnon takes over his body. Like literally we get zombie chief caretaker with a more fleshed out mustache and like a silver face almost. Yeah, he's just got like this sheen on him, and he is very much like talking more like a Cro Magnon than Cro Croagnon. And I, I mean, kudos to this actor. This was great. Oh, yeah, no, Richard Myers is great. It was a completely different character. I mean, yeah. you know, it in in both acting and in script, it was great. I loved it. It, it it almost looked like at some points he he would deteriorate as in like his movement would change mm-hmm. and become less. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, it, I actually I needed to take a minute and kind of like look up Croagnon's backstory because he he's like this award winning like building designer. He's like the Frank Lloyd Wright of. Well, apparently the 21st century, we haven't met him yet, thank God. Um, But he got so obsessed with perfection that he's like, I built this place for people to live in, but people mess it up. And so he didn't he didn't want Paradise Towers to be completely finished. But the people who were supposed to be living there, I guess, like set 
booby traps and all sorts of crazy crap and you know trapped him in the basement but then even later you know he talks about just his brain being trapped down there yeah i'm like what did they do to this guy i know right and that's why he's been slowly but surely like picking off everybody who lives there because it needs to be perfect and people mess things up what is what does he say when he gets back to the uh to the base and he he says it's what it's like a flat what does he say it's a flesh what does he say it's really creepy it is let me see oh i wish i had written it down let me jump into the um script site here um because he goes to talk to the deputy yeah and he says something about like the the flat like it's a flesh oh here it is here it is here it is here it is um um so deputy why why chiefy i thought you were lost i and the caretaker goes the towers become appallingly dirty and the deputy goes sorry the whole place is polluted with flesh yes living flesh polluted with living flesh did you bring up the script i did i brought up the script love it <clears throat> yeah you got to send me that link again i think i lost it Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll totally send it to La, you. A great reference. Flesh. Yeah. Polluted with flesh. And he, I believe, the deputy's like, all right, cool, man. And then he's just like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And, and and deputy caretaker definitely makes the smart move to to bail. Oh, yeah. He's like, nope, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And he, he joins uh, the blue, the red... The, pl- the 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 oh my goodness the blue and the red kang he joins the doctor mel and the i believe also the rezies show up yes and pex yeah, is there named ones and they all hate pex but some of the uh yeah some of the no-name rezies are like look we didn't we're maybe not eating people we don't we're not gonna tell you but <laughs> we gotta figure this out because this is crazy yeah so we get super team up. Everyone's going to team up, and we're going to uh, take down Croagnon and the cleaner robots, and we're all going to jump in the pool at the end. <laughs> 80s style. 80s style. And they just all hate Pex. It's just very apparent. I mean, they, they, they lump on him like nothing else. And admittedly, we are now well past the end of our Cannibal Grannies, and I do feel like we need to talk about just how... Yes. Kind of terrifying that is. Let's circle back to the cannibal grannies oh, here. Okay. okay. So they bring Mel back in once again, and they're trying to, you know, get her to eat more. And I believe she is like, well, I got to go. And they go, oh, no, we thought you would stay forever. No, we can't possibly let you go. Yeah, we can't possibly let you go. And then they cover her with the shawl, and, she, and then they, like, are going to stab her. Um, and Yeah, and they, I mean, they're like getting all up in her face with a knife and yeah it's about to happen it is it's tense and a giant robot hand comes through the garbage disposal yep and she's like oh my god what was that and one of them goes over to it and goes nonsense there's nothing over here and then the uh the hand comes through and drags her through the wall yeah which is great Tabby is not petite, but she done got got. She did. She did done got got. And <laughs> uh, the other what? What is the other one's name? Uh, Tilda. 
Tilda goes, you did this. Like, she blames Mel, and I'm like, uh, I think Mel, you would have seen the robot arm before. If <laughs> And then Pex, that's when Pex breaks through the door again, and I believe Tilda backs up and then also meets the same fate. Yeah. And he's like, I saved you. <laughs> like, no, and you I was didn't. like, it's okay. Keep telling yourself that. Let's yeah. get at it. <laughs> so... I mean, that whole scene, it's like, I oh, I had forgotten how they met their end. And I was like, it's nuts. Wow, like, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Holy crap. This got dark fast. It really did. So we're in super team up. The other resis come and they're like, our bad or they're bad. Don't lump yep. us in with them. Yep. And we need to talk about the three older women just blinding the cleaning robot with a shawl. Well, no, no, no. She's, she's like, oh, we make tablecloths. We can, we can use this. Like, this is what you have time to do. We're just making multiple tablecloths. <laughs> I okay, guess. Sure. Uh, and so, of course, yeah, they use one to uh, blind one of the cleaners. Of course, it's not a solid uh, tablecloth. No, it's like a late doily tablecloth. Yes, it's a do- That was the word I was trying to think of. The word doily. Yes. <clears throat> Goodness. And uh, man, these arrows are super powerful. <laughs> way more powerful than i thought they were it's like if you if you strap c4 to a nerf gun yes just shot it at something and exploded it's crazy yep but i mean good explosions yeah we get a lot of good explosions we're doing some good work here um i i just have a note that says i love croagnon because <laughs> he's just like a walking you know what it really reminded me of it reminded me of men in black when oh. Yes, the dude in the skin suit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Put my hands over my head. <laughs> Just great stuff. Uh, yeah. That's what yes. it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Nope, I got gotcha. you. So we're at big boss battle at the end here. Uh, Pex is, he goes to Kroagon and goes, oh, uh, and this is almost exactly how he said it. Oh, yeah, uh, the doctor found a thing and... um. He's hiding there, and you should you should come with me. Yeah, and and maybe close your eyes. Yes, it's it's a surprise. And, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a surprise. That's the ticket. That's basically what happens. Yeah, because Pax is being used to kind of bait the chief caretaker out. Yes, from where he is, so they can, I guess, finish him off. Basically, yeah, basically. Um, and and what at one point. Like Pex gives Mel his gun and is like, here, you keep this. And then one of the Kangs gives him like three sticks of dynamite. Yes. And I'm like, ooh, somebody got an upgrade. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um. Oh, man, I forgot to mention the pool snail. Oh, yes. The little pool cleaner. Yeah. So it's oh <laughs> hilarious. I love how it's designed, though. It looks it, great. It looks so good. And I'm like, man, I wish that there were more scenes of it that weren't like up close so I could see the whole thing for more than like yeah. half a second. Yeah. So it is, it's neat. So uh, up on, on the pool when Mel's like, I'm going to go for a swim. Uh, this giant, like yellow pool snail attacks <laughs> her and, you know, Pex just stands there. Doesn't do anything, you know, cause he's a big coward, but not anymore. He, he technically is a hero. Um, so Croagnon attacks the doctor and he's just slamming him into this Dude, wall. He is he is smashing the doctor. He is just yeah, he is it's 
absolutely insane. He's just ramming his head up against this wall. And I love that Pex goes to get the doctor away, but in turn slams him into a wall. Oh, God, yes. I like, know. Oh, and Pex is like, Leroy Jenkins, and he attacks <laughs> Croagnon, and he, he spears him through into the elevator, and a giant explosion happens. Thus ending Croagnon and unfortunately ending uh, Pex. And I mean, I won't hit the button again, but this is our second Duggan scale moment. I mean, he tackled a man and they both exploded. Um, So very, very fragile dynamite. I'm going to I'm giving it a 10. (laughs) How do you not? I mean, how how do you not give it a 10? You. You are a cowardly cutlet for so much of the story. Yes. You, you, your, your arc is complete, which means you're, you're going to die. Yes. Um, and you take out the bad guy in the process using three sticks of dynamite. I mean, that's, I don't, I don't like, I don't watch the walking dead anymore. I don't like the walking dead anymore, mm-hmm. but this is a very walking dead esque kind of, like let's let's just crank this to eleven. Oh, I bet. Kind of, kind of death. It, yeah, it was nuts. And I mean, for his sacrifice, we give him a ten. Yes, for sure. Uh, we yeah, have a totally. little. We have a little ceremony for him. Everyone is very appreciative of his sacrifice. Um, and the kings are dancing around their maple. Yes, and uh, the TARDIS takes off, and behind the TARDIS, it says Pex lives, and that's how yep. we end our episode. Yeah, the um, kings having given the doctor a, a oh yes red and blue scarf. I love that. I wish that had made a comeback. Just you know, briefly. Just, you know, yeah. Even even if you had had it on like a like a coat stand in the background, it would have just been a nice touch to yeah. kind of tie that stuff together. Obviously, the the TARDIS had gotten tagged at one point. Yes, yes. So the the, the, the kings had to clean it off. Yes. Tisk tisk. Um, yeah. Yeah, they oddly enough did not write Bad Wolf. No, they oh, could you imagine? <laughs> so I have some directorial notes I would like to talk about. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they are, for the most part, about Pex and Mel. Uh, there is a scene in, I believe it's episode two, which I was just furiously taking notes about, <laughs> uh, where Pex and Mel are walking down the corridors and there's like a swing shot back to I, that's not the technical term. I don't know what it, it's. It swings around back to the doctor who has just missed them. Oh yes. And the doctor's in a silhouette, and it just looks really yeah. great. And then he, you know, goes the wrong way. He doesn't follow where Mel was going. Right, right. Like they they just cross paths with enough distance between each other to not see each other yeah and then i i believe actually immediately after that there's the that it's a set piece to the two-story set i really mm-hmm. like that kind of with the yeah, bridge in the middle uh, yeah the bridge the catwalk kind of thing yeah um yeah. and pex and mel are walking and she walks past the camera down the stairs but the camera stays with pex and moves back over his shoulder yes to catch mel walking towards the corridor that pex says they should walk down both of those scenes are one shot yeah and i loved it it was great yeah that i have got i have got that on my notes as well that those both of those jumped out of me they were great and then also the blue king sneaking behind mel and pex that was also great 
the way mm-hmm. they did that. That was also another one one shotter. And I, you know, I really just episode two was wonderfully done. I really yeah. enjoyed all of that stuff. I yeah. uh, when you talk about Pex's pants, oh, they they basically uh, looked like. They, I feel like they didn't get a lot of airtime, but when they did, I went, "Holy crap! What is happening here?" <laughs> really? They were very like patchworky. I think they were like gray and blue and brown. They looked very weird. They, Interesting. yeah. And I'm, I'm looking here, and I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing any pictures of them, and I'm very upset. Huh, I'll have to go back and look. They didn't jump out at me for whatever reason. I may have just been distracted by his... Smashing. Attacks. Oh, and that too. The smashing. It's probably the smashing. The smashing. Probably more that than his packs because <laughs> they weren't that big. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Um, do you have any costumes? I feel like the costume... I mean, we talked about the the um, the red and the blue. We mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> we talked about Mel's blue dress and her... And she had a swimsuit on underneath the entire time. Yeah, and we talked about you know the, the kind of very fascist look of the character. Yes, yes. Um, so no, I don't really have any any costume notes on top of that. Um, visual notes. I I mean the the cleaner robots I thought looked pretty oh, cool. They were amazing. I love that design. I love how they look. Yeah, I love how their the arm seemingly like Transformers esque comes out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I loved when they were like smoking. I know like that's, it was them like having like tear gas or knockout gas, but I really liked the look of that. It looked really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's, those are all of my notes. I, the only thing that I think I would add was one of, one of my very first notes when, when I'm watching the beginning of episode one, um, and, and Mel and the doctor, they've, they've started to venture from the TARDIS and they're going down some of these corridors and I'm like, um, or maybe it was one of the caretakers in the corridors. I forget now, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, they are in an abandoned flight fries electronics. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it looked like. Your best buys are always at fries <laughs> guaranteed. Oh man. I could have had it, that guy's job. Seriously. <laughs> but it's, it's always, just right at that point where you get that little like laser hit sound effect. Do-do-do. That's right. It's good stuff. That's right. Man, I do not listen to terrestrial radio anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that commercial's from 20 years ago. It totally is, and I remember it so well. Yeah, I mean, it was great. It was a very, very memorable, uh, very memorable commercial from yesteryear. Yeah, yeah. All right. Definitely. Do we have any other notes before I hit the button? Uh, um, I think with all respect to the Who High podcast, uh, build high for happiness does not mean using Legos while smoking weed. No, it doesn't. I think we should keep that in mind. I think we should all keep that in mind. (laughs) All right, I'm hitting that button. Hit it. Gathering close, it's time for the Behind the Close All right, Taylor. Are we let, are we letting the children watch this one? You know, I think if you had asked me what I thought before rewatching it, because it has been so long mm-hmm. since I've seen it, I would have been like, "Yeah, it's you know, it's a kind of spooky adventure with some slightly kind of twisted creatures." But you know, I forgot just how dark this story gets. Oh yeah, uh, and and um, 
you know, if there had just been the um, the kind of overtones of the cannibal grannies, but nothing really, you know, like if they hadn't died by, you know, garbage disposal mm-hmm. or anything like that, um, I, I might have been okay with it. But yeah, I'm going to wait a little while. All right. I mean, before I'm like, yeah, you're ready for this. This is. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, and yeah. not just the resis. I mean, we do have the 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 officer whose legs are just all smashed and crushed I, and hanging yes. out of the back it, of it. It really does. I mean, there is it's a, it's a very simple visual, but it's a very powerful visual. Yes, of like here here are body parts hanging out <laughs> of uh, uh, the the top of a trash bin. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that you don't really need to be big and over the top to be nightmare inducing sometimes the most subtle things can be like i can't get this out of my head and yeah. now i can't sleep <laughs> um, and that's one of them well all right yeah i agree <laughs> so next week we are going to be watching ghost light which will yes. i guess finish out sylvester mccoy at least his tv run yeah for this, us this- yeah, this will be it. This is our last TV aired McCoy story. This is this is new territory for us. We haven't finished off an entire doctor before. No, I mean technically we have twelve. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. Twelve so, we've finished, and I mean I would have to update the list and check where we are with everybody else, but I don't think we're anywhere close on anyone else. So I think I think the only other closest doctor would be six, but he, because he had such a short run. Yes. I think six is also one that we're very close on. So maybe after ghost light, we'll just check some more off the list. So uh ghost light starring Sylvester McCoy and friend of the show, Sophie Aldred. It was written by Mar- Mark Platt and directed by Alan Waring. Yeah. Um, all this right. Is a weird one. I'll tell you this right now. I, I mean, it's a weird one. We saved the weird for last, I guess. I can handle that. <laughs> I'm fine with that too. So you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP thrice and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at blue box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search podcastica. Make sure you look for the little animated versions of us coming out of the TARDIS and rate and review us as well. Also, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. And um, let's keep it going with the supporting your your friends who are independent artists. Let's keep yeah. it going with that. If you really want to donate to us, because I guess technically we are independent artists in our own way, uh, patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Uh, but, you know. If you can't support monetarily, that's not just for us. That is for your friends who are artists. Give them a retweet. Give them a shout out. Tell other people where they can buy their stuff. Word of mouth goes a long ways, especially these days. Yeah, because, I mean, we can't scream at our neighbors unless we're six feet apart from them. (laughs) Fair point. And also, I mean, while I say that, stay inside. (laughs) Don't go gather. If you are a gatherer and you're listening to this, shame on you. Definitely. Got to flatten that curve, people. We need it flatter. Yes. It needs to be. This is the only. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. 
Um, all right. So that's it for us this week. Join us again next time where we talk about Ghostlight, and we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. I think I was trying to make a flat earther reference, and it just oh, didn't. Good heavens. It just didn't work. That's all right. You tried. I tried, and that's all you that tried. matters. Yeah. <laughs>